So yeah, so we're doing the pursuit of happiness, um, which is great. And I wanted to maybe give a little bit of an explanation as to why we're doing the pursuit of happiness. Um, basically because Jesus wants you to be happy. I mean, right? That's pretty, that's a pretty good explanation. And really the, the, the premise behind the pursuit of happiness is uh, really stepping into an understanding of how we control the degree of happiness in our lives. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, especially in our culture, we can allow the things that are around us, the situations, the things, the stuff, the thoughts, the emotions, the people, uh, and we can find ourselves really being controlled by a lot of that stuff. And a, a lot of people find themselves where what's happening around them dictates what's happening in them. And the pursuit of happiness, and really the teachings that we talk about this summer, are really going to begin to point out the, the power that we have over our lives to determine that we're going to be happy. Because one of the things that I know, like the fruit of the Spirit, joy, is not dependent upon what's happening around me. And joy is not something that you know, happens because I find myself in a really good place today. Joy is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual principle. It's a muscle that we exert that happens first on the inside of us and then pours out to the outside of us. You ever notice that, that you can have two people in the same situation and they can have totally different perspectives? Like, I could think about when we were on the roof a little, whatever it was, a couple of years ago. I actually don't know how long ago. It was four years, three years last week. I really don't even remember. I blocked it out. It's the trauma. I, I need prayer because I blocked it out. Um, but I can remember I would be up there, you know, you're up there day after day after day. And I got to be honest with you, uh, it was a bad time in my life. I really grumbled and complained. And then there'd be some people like Sandy. You'd be up there with Sandy and he'd be like, you know, Mr. Smiley Face all the time and cracking jokes. And I'm thinking to myself, where is this coming from? Because this is not, this is not a happy situation. This is day after day. Uh, right, Anthony was with us up on there. And it was, you remember, it was like day after day of like hell on earth. And Sandy somehow was just happy all. And I realized from that, and these little things that we all walk through, really paint a very good picture for us to understand that our situations don't determine whether we're happy or not. And I want to understand how can I be happy in every situation that I find myself in. I don't want... Uh, I don't want my situations to have so much power over me that I live life on a roller coaster of emotions where I'm up today and I'm down tomorrow and I really don't know how the day is going to go and depending on how the day goes is how I'm going to feel and I don't want to live like that. You know, I can remember actually a time, it was actually when Danielle and I got married. Um, we got married in Cancun, Mexico. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, I think everybody should have a destination wedding and everybody should invite me. Uh, and you should also go to an adults only so that I can't bring my kids. So Danielle and I, we have to go, but we can't bring our, it's like the perfect storm, <laughs> essentially is what it is. Um, but I, I, we got married in Cancun, Mexico, and um, it was perfect. The resort we went to was amazing. The weather was 
absolutely perfect every single day, sunny and warm, and, you know, the beaches were that white sand, and it was just, you know, that fine powdery sand that's just so perfect. The water there was warm. I mean, everything was amazing. The food was good. The people were good. It was a small resort. You get the idea. It was a gale time. It was just <laughs> real good. And then we got married, and for, you know, because we felt like we didn't want to, like, honeymoon around our parents, um, we decided to leave the resort, and we honeymooned in Cabo, which uh, it's basically on the other side. Like, uh, Cancun is kind of, like, under Florida, and Cabo is under California, so it was quite a distance away, and it was a horrible decision to do that. Uh, still to this day, we still say we should have honeymooned at the initial place because our second place was just not good. We actually got there, so we left Cancun, and it was like amazing and warm and sunny, and we were like sunbathing and all these things. We get to our honeymoon resort, and I have a picture of Danielle. She's like in a zip-up hoodie, the hood up, like tucked all the way up. It was frigid. Okay, absolutely frigid. Uh, the beaches were super rocky. Uh, you couldn't swim in the water because it was the ocean. Uh, and let me tell you, Danielle knew how disappointed I was in our destination. So here I am, like this freshly married guy. You know, I have this beautiful wife, and we have this great life that we're about to live, and all I can see are the issues that are around me. And truthfully, I'm pretty sure that I wasted probably two days of my honeymoon because I couldn't get over all the issues. You know, like the first meal that we had there was this like really strange Reuben that was like really not good and kind of like cold old fries. And you know, you're like trying to like have the good attitude like, yeah, this is so good. But inside you're thinking, we ruined it. We blew it. It's, <laughs> we might as well go home. Um, and I, I, like I said, I think that like I wasted two days of my honeymoon because I had such a bad attitude about the trip. And then finally, like one day I woke up and I realized what I was doing, that, you know, I'm on this amazing time and I'm just focusing on everything that was wrong. And I decided that I was going to change my attitude. I was going to change my outlook. And instead of, you know, trying to lay by the pool or do the traditional things, we'd go and take these walks and we found these amazing clips. We did all these things. And really we had an amazing time of creating memories. And uh, you know, instead of swimming in the ocean, we sat in a hot tub, and let me tell you, it was like, it was amazing. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> it was great. But I tell you something, the weather didn't change, and the destination didn't change, the people didn't change, the food didn't change. What changed my trip was my outlook on the situation. You know, maybe you've never been to Cabo, maybe you're not married, you've never been on a honeymoon, maybe you had a horrible honeymoon, well, start off a horrible honeymoon like I did. But what I've realized is how much power there is that's encapsulated within our perspectives, and how our perspective really has the ability to determine whether we experience the emotion of happiness or not. And most people live on a roller coaster, not necessarily because great things aren't happening in their life, but most people find themselves living on kind of this roller coaster of emotion because we allow our perspectives to determine how we feel. And, you know, so often in our culture, our perspective is driven by the way that we think things are supposed to be. But what I've realized in the short time that I've been alive is, is nothing is ever the way that we think we're supposed, it's supposed to go. Nothing is ever the way that we think it's supposed to be. 
And we have a choice in those moments, right? Like I had in, on my honeymoon, I had a decision to make. I had a choice. Was I going to focus on what was wrong or was I going to focus on what was right? And I think that sometimes when we talk about this concept of the pursuit of happiness, it can feel like this concept is so elusive. In fact, really what most people, if you Google, like what are most people searching for, most people aren't searching for how can I make more money or, you know, how can I, you know, drive a nicer car. Most people are honestly searching for how can I be happy or how can I experience more peace in my life. As if it's this crazy elusive concept that we're trying to like grasp and try to hold on to or find how to be happy. But I've realized that all that it takes in order to be happy is when I have a decision of whether I'm going to focus on what's right or what's wrong, if I simply choose to focus on what's right, that's going to produce happiness in my life. Because perspective is everything. And we all are faced with situations. You know, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your financial situation, maybe it's a relationship that you have, you know, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's your car. We all have opportunities where our perspective of how good our life is, where our perspective of the quality of life that we're living is challenged. Like I said, you may have never traveled around the world. Maybe you've never been bummed as you walked on the beach but I tell you, we're faced with all different things every single day where things in our life don't go the way that we thought that they were supposed to go. This relationship didn't turn out. My kid is having these issues. You know, uh, you, somebody gets a new car and you have an old car or somebody gets a promotion. And you, we all have opportunities every single day where the enemy would love more than nothing to steal our joy because of the situation we find ourselves in. But what I've discovered in my life is nothing is worth more than my joy. Nothing is worth sacrificing my internal peace. That there's no situation that I've found that's worth giving up the happiness that I can experience in my life. Because I tell you something, it's funny how fickle our situations can be. You know, like you have things that are happening in our life and you could be, you know, so bummed and so bothered. And then it's like one situation happens and all of a sudden you go from like being bummed to totally stoked, you know. And then it's like one situation after that can happen and you could go back to being bummed again. And then it's like something good happens and you're like everything is so good and you're stoked. But I don't want to live on that kind of a cycle of, you know, feeling good or feeling bad. I want to understand, like, the Bible, when the Bible talks to us, it doesn't talk to us about being stuck in cyclical patterns. It doesn't talk to us about being up one day and down the next. The Bible principles, you, whenever you read about them, are always that God, you know, loves where we are, but he wants us to go further. He wants us to experience more. He desires that we would go up from here. The Bible says things like from glory to glory, because God always has more for us. And the way that we experience more isn't that God from heaven just decides because you've been so good that now you won the spiritual lottery and now he's going to show up for you. A lot of the time where the increase comes from is simply in our perspectives. 
is recognizing how much God has already done around us. Because I've noticed that, that for every negative thing in my life, I can always count off, like, at least equal amount of good things that are happening. You know, because things happen. And sometimes where we get challenged is, is that we forget all the good things when we're experiencing the not-so-good thing. And this was the thing that in the scriptures, Matthew chapter 6 is a famous scripture. It's probably my favorite scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, we're going to read from 25 and go down to the end of the chapter. And it talks to us about this concept, about realizing and understanding that a lot of the things that we care so much about, God never intended us to be bothered by those things. You know, there's situations in my life, you know, I've made jokes about it before, about when I get into traffic, you know, that I'm actually a super patient guy, but you put me in traffic and it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, I go from like Bruce Banning to the Hulk, okay? And, and it's a really strange thing that happens to me. And I can remember I would get stuck in traffic and it would bother me. And I would be, you know, everything would be going good. And, you know, Danielle and I would be driving to Toronto to have this great day. And everything would be so amazing. And we're chatting. And all of a sudden we hit traffic and it's like, stop the whole world because now I'm angry. And I, it was like all of a sudden, it was automatic that I was bummed. Everybody on the road was a bad driver. Everybody was dumber than I was. And that was just the way that I felt about things. And I remember, I can still remember the time I was driving in the car, and I had Danielle in the car with me, and I was so focused on the negative that was happening around me. And the Lord drew my attention to the situation that I was in, and, 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 you know, talk to me about how, you know, I'm in the car with my wife, this person who I'm sharing my life with. And it was like my simple change of perspective to focus on Danielle rather than focus on the traffic around me. And it was all of a sudden, it was like the traffic just went away. And this is what the scripture of Matthew chapter 6 is talking to us about, is that when we focus on the right things, and when I focus on the things that God is asking me to focus on, that God actually takes care of all the other issues that are, finding, that are around me. That if I can let go of the control that I so desperately try to hold on to things in order to try to make them better and release the care of those things over to God, God actually promises me that if I can just release the care of those things over to him, that that gives him the ability to step in and take over control of those areas. So this is what it says in Matthew chapter 6. It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. I mean, that's a challenging statement right there, right? Like, you could preach on that for a lifetime. Don't worry about your life. Like, be free. You don't got to care. You don't got to worry. You don't got to be nervous. You don't got to fret. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, about what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? 
They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed as one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? It says, oh, you little faith. This is where I want to focus. It says, so don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But it says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. You know, historically when I read this scripture, I always, you know, I say, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And my focus is always on, you know, to seek his kingdom and to go after his things. But as I was reading this scripture in, pre in preparation for this message, the Lord highlighted the word seek. And the word seek jumped out at me because in the context of this, it was like I saw a man whose attention, his gaze is fixed on all the stuff, the worries, the issues, the problems. And then when I thought about this word seek, it was as though I saw the eyes of this man go from the problems and they focused on something that was different. Because you see, this is what I think the scripture is talking to us about, is that God is telling us that the cure for dealing with our fears, the cure for dealing with our frustration, the, deal, the cure for dealing with our worry, the way that we could be happy is to stop focusing on what's wrong. Because isn't this what the scripture is exhorting us to do? The scripture is letting us know that I don't have to care about all the things of life. Because God is so aware. I mean, the Bible says that God was the one who gave us the desires of our heart. And he's so aware of all the things that we would need. And the scripture is letting me know that I don't have to, even for a moment, concern myself with those things. That instead of having my attention or my perspective so wrapped up and focused on the things of this world, what God is saying is if you'll simply just shift your gaze, your perspective away from all these things about what's missing or what's wrong and simply just focus on him and what he's doing, the Bible says that that then gives him the ability to step in and add those very things that you are worried about not being able to attain, God now has this amazing ability to step in and add those things to you. You see, I've realized that the cure for sadness, for frustration, isn't that the things or the situations in my life turn around. Because you know what I've learned about situations is that for every situation that gets resolved is another situation that needs to be resolved. You know, that if God is truly a God of increase, that means that there's always going to be something new that God is asking you to press into. 
there's always going to be something new that God is inviting us, a new challenge, a new problem, a new thing that God is inviting us into to increase. And so it's not the secret to living a happy life isn't that we would just all of a sudden everything in our life would work out. The secret to my life is when I face a challenge or when I face a problem, instead of intently focusing on the issue, my focus is on the guy who I know is going to fix the issue. Because when I focus on the issue, you know what I've realized? Is I can focus on an issue for like maybe like 20 or 30 minutes before it totally overwhelms me and I get super nervous about how all the things that have to work together are going to work together. But I found that when I am in the middle of a situation and I start to focus on God, not only does my worry for the situation go away, but I start to get excited about what life is going to look like when that situation is resolved and I'm going to be living in that place. But you see, what changed? As we talk about the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness is not that we're going to give you the secret to not experiencing anything in your life. The pursuit of happiness is realizing that I could be happy right now. That if my attention and my focus and my perspective is on the right things, that it's focused on what's right in my life, then I can experience happiness right now. I think about the Apostle Paul. He was a crazy example of this. Is that it was like the worst that his, the worst that his situation got, the more enthusiastically he wrote. And I think to myself, what is it that gave him this ability? You know, he writes about being shipwrecked and flogged and betrayed and beat and kicked out and dead and right dead that's as bad as it gets betrayed and but when he writes about them he calls them light momentary afflictions like things that uh, that are like here it's like a mosquito bite to him why because he was blessed to not have emotions or feelings he had no nerve endings, and so he didn't. That's not why he was able to write the way he wrote. But it was that as he was going through the situation that he was facing, his perspective was focused on Jesus and what Jesus was doing rather than being focused on the situation. And that's the power of perspective is I realize, wait a minute, my situations do not have control over me. But I, in fact, have control over the way that I respond to my situations. That when I choose where I'm going to focus, when I choose God instead of the problem, it's amazing how joy begins to be released. So I actually wanted to do something, because I'm close to being done. I'm going to do something practical. I'm going to ask if everybody has a piece of paper or their phone, pull it out. Because I was just saying to my Aunt Joy and Tess earlier that I love the Bible because it's practical. It's not just, you don't come because it's the religious right thing to do. But that there's practical things that we can use for this message. So pull out a piece of paper. 
This is what I want you to, we're going to answer three questions. The first question is this. I would like you to write down three things that you'd like to change this summer. You may get hit with some music, if you don't mind. Three things you'd like to change this summer. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a financial situation, maybe you want a new car. Maybe it's healing or whatever. Three things. Maybe for Gail it's nothing, because she's, Gail's got it. She's just, Gail's just good. Three things. time <laughs> your life is good if you can't think of three things think of two think of one if there's one thing that would solve all your problems write that one down when you write those three things down I want you to answer this question What's the main thing that is frustrating or painful or bothersome or worrisome about that situation today? What's it about that situation that makes you afraid or nervous or worried? Maybe you're like, I want a man. And I'm like, I'm afraid I'm going to be alone. You got it? you've answered that, the third question is this. So instead of focusing on that thing, the negative part, what can I focus on when that frustration begins to rise? There's things in everybody's life that we are believing God for. But what I've realized is the more and more that I can step in and when the things and the thoughts and the worries and all the stuff tries to arise and I have my things where I focus on God or I focus on something. Man, it's amazing how even areas of my life where I don't even apply like this crazy pressure towards changing, it's just simply changing my perspective is changing the way those situations turn out. That instead of me allowing the worry and the fear and the anxiety in, I catch those thoughts and I begin to focus on God or something about His nature. Or I begin to focus on the good things that He's done. And I watch. I sit back. Literally, I mean, things are happening. Today, I had a testimony that just happened to me about this. 
that things happen and you're like, okay, God, how are you going to do it? And the things, the worry tries to pop up and you're like, no, I rebuke that because I know God is good. And I just continue to focus on the nature of God. And it's amazing how you watch God do the craziest things in the craziest times where God just has this amazing ability to show up and show off in our lives. And so what I've realized is this, is that instead of focusing on the negatives, Instead of focusing on what's wrong, you know, because we all got stuff. Like, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, shoot, like I'm a little chubby, right? Instead of focusing on the fact that you feel a little bit chubby, I'm starting to focus on the fact that, man, I'm so thankful that I got the finances to be able to eat. You know, when I sit in traffic and at the different times that I've experienced it in my life, instead of focusing on the traffic, what I begin to focus on is, man, I'm so thankful for the AC, and I'm so thankful for Lola who's crying in the back, and I'm so thankful for Danielle and for this amazing car that I'm driving. You see, what happens on the inside of us is simply when I allow that to happen, when I allow the rejoicing and the praise and the proper perspective to happen on the inside of me, it's amazing how God God is able to step in and transform the situations that I'm facing. What happened? The traffic didn't go away. I didn't miraculously lose the weight that I gained when I was in Mexico. No, what happened is my perspective changed. And because my perspective changed now, not only am I not feeling bad, but I'm actually feeling happy. I'm actually feeling happy. I'm actually feeling like my life is good. I'm actually feeling like I'm excited to look in the mirror. I'm excited to take my next drive to Toronto. I'm excited to deal with this. And I'm excited to go into that. Why? Not because it's not challenging, but because I realize I'm not, I'm not doing it alone. My perspective isn't that I'm alone. I'm not, I'm not stuck here alone. I'm not fighting this alone. I'm not walking this road alone. No, no, when I'm focusing on God, I'm not neglecting my issues. When I'm focusing on God, I'm just saying, Lord, I trust you and I trust in your nature and I trust that you're going to step in and you're going to do everything that needs to get done. Amen. So Heavenly Father, that's what we want. We want to be good and feel good regardless of our situations. Lord, we don't want to be driven around by our stuff, our emotions. But Father, our desire, God, as we pursue happiness this year, we're asking, Holy Spirit, that you would shift and change and challenge our perspectives. That we would find you in the good and we find you in the bad. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him but have been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat the simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. 
I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.